You're listening to a Living Word Family Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about Living Word Family Church, make sure to check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Living Word Family Podcast. Glad to have you with us today. With me, as always, is the uh, S-Mobile... I was going to say Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Jack of all trades. Uh, Zach Bensel. Happy to have you here, Zach. Thank you for being here. And with us again is Pastor Scott Millis. Hey, everybody. uh, Our esteemed senior pastor, Living Word Family Church. So excited he's back on the podcast with us. And uh, anyway, so yeah, how's everything been going, guys? What's been, what's, what's new? Not much. Not much at all. Good day. It's a really nice day, actually. Gorgeous. Really digging the weather. Beautiful weather. weather. School's in full swing. Which? God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Which school being in full swing is a a big schedule adjustment for a lot of families out there. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole lot going on. It's a a time of year I think uh, most pastors look forward to because it means a return to a little bit more structure, a little more normalcy, a little more more, uh, people. (laughs) <laughs> the vacation season is uh, typically passed by that point, and uh, things settle down into more of a routine. Yeah, so. very cool. So, uh, what's been what's been happening at the church here? We got um, by the time you guys are listening to this, we'll have had our uh, Solid Rock Welcome Night, bringing in some of the new students, bringing mm-hmm. up some of the new students. Yep. The, Fresh seventh graders, very exciting time well, of I year. I know one that's excited. <laughs> one that's excited. Would that be by chance your daughter it who's coming be. into youth group? Yeah. Rainy is thrilled. I bet yep. she is. I and she loves Super and, Church. This and, isn't, uh, oh, she yeah, really no, did. She's no, going to miss it. But Super Church is fantastic. She's very excited about it. The youth group, Super yeah. Church leaders do a great job. However, I don't think it's a understatement to say Solid Rock is the bomb. So. <laughs> it is the bomb. It is the bomb. <laughs> I, a- I asked Rainy last week if she was going to bring some style to youth group. Style. She's, all- she's always nice. wearing something different, it oh, feels yes. like. So um, I asked Zach, her if she's going to bring come some on. style. I don't think you ask style. You say swag. Hey. Swag. Yeah. That's how, swag. That's ask, how the I'll kids her say tonight. style. Yeah. You don't say swag. style. You gonna say bring swag. Some swag. Bring some swag. Yeah, sure. Because that sounds so 2016 to me. <laughs> swag does. I can, I can be hip. <laughs> and besides, I thought I brought all the swag to youth group, but mm. apparently that's not the case, I guess, if you're if we're importing some of that swag in. So. Right. But uh, no, very excited. It's always a fun time. Um, uh, you know, we always want guests to come in. We always want kids to bring their friends and everything, and that's fantastic. But it's just cool when, you know, you can boost your, your youth group numbers just from kids moving up in, in the church and yeah. growing up, and it's just pretty cool. So, sure. and it's also neat. It's like a fresh group of kids to, you know, get to know a little bit more on a different level and everything. You know, obviously these are all kids that have kind of that have grown up in our church or that are growing up in our church. So you know them, right? But when they get into youth group, at least from my perspective, uh, I don't know that I can necessarily speak for Zach as a youth leader, but from my perspective as a youth pastor, uh, I mean, obviously my attention and focus is geared a little bit more towards the youth group age just because that's sure. my wheelhouse and that's what, you know, it's kind of what I focus on, what I do. And so when they get into that youth group age, I go from just knowing them to knowing more about them, right. who they are, what makes them tick and everything. And so I love, I love welcome night and I love bringing new kids in. It's just really cool. So I'm, I'm uh, pretty stoked about it. And, uh, so anyway, I loved it. You may remember I used to be a youth pastor. You did. Well, wow. Oh, no kidding. Tell us about Living that a little Word bit. Family church. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, no, but, you were uh, a youth pastor at Living Word Fellowship. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> absolutely right. It was. It was a different wow, yeah. It's a whole different ball. Yeah, that's right. But, but uh, no, yeah, you we were my call youth it, pastor. Uh, we used to call and it New Blood, New Blood Wednesday. New Blood, and, yeah. And uh, it was one of my favorite nights of the year. Just exciting just to see the some of the nervousness and, and there was just a freshness. Even the, you know, the veterans, the seniors would uh, kind of... Right, take over getting to know them, interviewing them, things like that. So, yeah, which yeah. we haven't done an interview one in a while, just because we usually that we ran so short on time for that. Oh, so now yeah. we well, try to do like crowd breaker kind sure. of games that so they can work together and get to know each other, which uh, which which we did for this past one too. So very very cool. It's always a fun time. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I have very fond memories of doing that back when I don't think I was there as a student for a New Blood night. But I uh, remember you started coming mid year, yeah, didn't you? But yeah. I fondly remember being there as a leader for New uh, Blood Nights. We had some good ones. Oh there. man, they were great. It was so much fun. Um but yeah, so it's cool. So always a fun time of year, really neat. And uh obviously with school starting as well, you get our students, whether it's super mm-hmm. church or youth group or whoever, but the kids at church have more access to invite friends and stuff because yeah. they're around kids more on a on a more regular basis throughout That's the right. school day and throughout the school week. So anyway, so very exciting time. Right on. So what else has been going on? Pastor Scott, We've what have we been doing on Wednesday nights? Wednesday nights, we just finished up uh, last Wednesday. Greta Henry did an excellent job of presenting a program called Share Jesus Without Fear, which is uh, obviously just what it sounds like. It's an evangelistic tool. And uh, we, we watched the videos that were put out by this ministry, and she facilitated some discussion. And I just found it, and I think everybody did. I haven't got a lot of detailed feedback, but the response was really good. It was informative, it was useful, and it was challenging. And mm-hmm. it was encouraging at the same time. It's yep. a tricky balance to challenge and encourage at the same time because if, if you go heavy on the challenge part, you can almost get to feeling guilty. I'm not right. doing enough. But the 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 material in this series was so rich and so good that it was just presented in such a way as we're encouraging you to do this. We are giving you the tools to do this and testimony after testimony that showed you just how effective it was. And really with some practice getting used to it, how easy it is. So I think that's going to be a a good, uh, a good thing. We, uh, we're, we're considering something's kind of come up, but, uh, we were considering doing some practice stuff tonight, which we still may. Mm-hmm. Red is not oh, going to be cool. here and she was going to facilitate that, but, but we'll see. It was a good, it was a good four week, uh, class. I'm glad we did it. And then we'll yeah. be moving on to something else on Wednesdays, but that was, yeah. that was good. So what are the, what are the tools that you talked about? Like that you guys, that we learned in this class, like what kind of tools, what do you mean by that? Well, it's just, it's a simple, I mean, obviously, ideally, you don't want to be reading off a card, but it's just their conversation starters, questions you can oh, ask. Okay. Are you interested in spiritual things? Yep. Who to you is Jesus? So we're not uh, we're not going into up to random strangers and opening the Bible in their face. No, uh, the, this I'm, I'm assuming that this would this would work as well as anything else would for cold contact evangelism. Yeah. But but this is more geared toward somebody you're meeting, somebody you're having a conversation with. Doesn't necessarily have to be a, a deep relationship, but if you're sitting next to somebody on an airplane, uh, you know, if you you have a conversation with the same waiter or waitress at a at a, at a restaurant, something that right. it's a conversation that can be had quickly, but it doesn't ne- it doesn't mean necessarily accosting a stranger on the street. Gotcha. Yeah, it's just a, it's a nice way of segueing a conversation toward the gospel. So, yep. give us an example of one of those conversation starters. Do you remember one? Well, that was one. Are are you are you 
you interested in spiritual things. Gotcha. You consider okay. yourself a spiritual person. Right. Who do you think Jesus is or who is Jesus to you? And it leads up ultimately to, I think, the, the great question. When, once you've engaged somebody along that line, ask them, do you feel? Ask, after asking, do they believe in heaven and hell? And most people still do. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, if you come to a point where, no, I don't, or no, I'm not, this is one of the interesting things about the program. Hey, once they say no. You say, fine, you're done. You don't need to tackle them or anything. Right. Uh, leave them for the next person because there's this God works through many right. different yeah, people. Right. But once they say they do, then, then you ask, do you think you're going to heaven? Why? Uh, and there's any number of good sounding answers to that. Mm-hmm. But then the, the follow-up question to that is, if you were wrong, would you want to know why? Or would you want to know? Yeah. And then again, if they say no, you're done. If wow. they say yep. yes, you lead them through the Romans right. road and show them how all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How Jesus, the sacrifices of Jesus, is what's necessary for us to gain eternal life. So, yeah, okay, that's very a cool. Very now, just out of memory, short version of it. So. Now, just out right. of curiosity, did they discuss? And they may not have. I mean, maybe outside the scope of this particular um, series or study. But did they talk about? You know, if you were to get to that point and you were to go through the Bible verses with them or what have you, then what do you do if that person says, well, I don't, you know, trust what's in the Bible or I don't, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I think it, it's, in today's culture, we're seeing that more and more and more. Are, where and there's zero respect for the Word of God. There's correct. zero, um, like people don't hold it. Even some Christians don't hold it to a place of authority. And You're right. And, and uh, this is something that probably the material that we looked at, I can't tell you exactly when it was published. It's a little bit dated. Uh, And we've talked about that before, how society is a lot different about that than it was even 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago. Um, Now, as far as I know, this material did not address it. I missed a week because we were on vacation. I don't think it was geared toward a discussion about the authenticity or reliability of scriptures. But you're right. That is a problem today Mm -hmm. that... This program probably didn't anticipate. The program really is geared toward people who say they believe, right. but really don't know what they believe, which used to include a lot more people than it does. Right. Right. You know, um, Keller, uh, the pastor out in New York City, help me out. Maybe I remember uh, his first what's name. What's he pass? Uh, it's a Redeemer, Christ Redeemer Presbyterian Church, I think. I will look it up. <clears throat> anyway, so he's, he's kind of the C.S. Lewis of, of our day just a thinking Christian. And he made the observation a number of years ago in a a terrific book he wrote that what we are seeing now is not so much a massive falling away that uh, there are any fewer people coming to Christ or people leaving the church. He says what we're seeing is a polarization where there used to be a lot more people in the middle. Yeah, we kind of believe. And now it's like, no, the believers are believers. But the non-believers are non-believers, and we're yeah. seeing it's increasingly polarized like that, a lot less gray area. That's a fascinating way to look at it, because you can even look across the board and see that. We can see that in our politics. We can see that in our in all can. kinds of things. There's really, there, the gray area seems to be getting smaller and smaller, right. yeah. and there's and, more and more people and on that's, either side of the And aisle. that's bad in politics, because it refuses, it, 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 it causes us to refuse to even consider a point of view that comes from across the aisle. There's right. no compromise where there needs to be. It's good, I think. In term, when we were talking about belief systems, it forces people who have assumed they're believers 
to, as I think Ravi Zacharias would put it, open up within their own assumptions. Right. Uh, what is it that really does make me a believer? And if that causes some people to wake up and say, I'm really not a believer, then what? Am I just going to continue? Am I going to make that concrete? I am right. here on out, I don't believe. Right. Or are they going to, all right, I better strengthen the foundations of what I thought I believed. Yeah. Tim Keller, Tim by the Keller, way. Tim Keller, thank yeah. you. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think yeah. the book I referenced, I think it's called The Reason for God. Yes. But, yeah. All right. Excellent. Belief, but yeah, that yeah. Uh, kind of, uh, that's a good, um, kind of kicks the door open into another another conversation we probably ought to talk about, which is something I think Zach wanted to talk about before, which is... Uh, well, I, the... I don't know if it's the right phrase I'm using, but just kind of liberal Christians. You just see, um, how would you, I mean, how you, well, uh, yeah, let me, let me address that label because I I agree. Liberals as good, as good a word as any, the problem is once you throw that word out, exactly. It's, you've got liberal, politically liberal people who are Christians who just happen to hold different views on politics. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking, I think if I'm reading you right, people who take a more, liberal view of the Bible, yes. of, Christ, of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. And what we are seeing is just what you referenced a moment ago, people who say they love Jesus, and maybe they do. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they haven't had an experience. I'm certainly not going to put myself in a, a position of saying they do not know Christ. I, in fact, I'm convinced many of them do. But they are moving away from a stand that embraces the Bible as inspired and authoritative. If they use the word inspired, they really mean it in more of a sense of it is inspirational, mm-hmm. not that it is trustworthy for doctrine, which the Bible, of course, itself claims to be. Um, they they open up the, the idea that there are mistakes, that there are actually competing theologies within the Bible. They cave in, I believe, too quickly to arguments against the Bible based on current social mores like slavery, views on slavery, and things like that, without investigating what the Bible meant by those terms. What, you know, when people make a, a blanket statement like, we can't, we can't believe the Bible because the Bible endorses slavery. Well, slavery is a word that conjures up a very specific image in American society, and right. it's not the kind of slavery that the Bible even begins to endorse it's just right. not it's it's so and that's just one one example and we're not gonna we're not gonna dig into that or unpack that any deeper right now my concern is and just tell me to shut up if you want to break in here at any moment this is obviously you've <laughs> tapped into something i've been thinking about and, oh yeah and we mentioned a little bit of, uh, of this last uh this this past sunday as a matter of fact but this idea that we can no longer call anything sin um, because none of that matters. I jokingly referenced an old song, uh, Spirit in the Sky, the old mm-hmm. Norman Greenbaum right. song on Sunday. Yep. There's a line in there, I've never been a sinner, I've never sinned, I've got a friend in Jesus. And that really is, that kind of underlies a lot of the theology of some of these new groups. And and again, you say liberal Christianity, that is a very broad term. Right. Yep. And there are, there are obviously degrees from fellowship to fellowship, church to church, and, and in some cases denomination to denomination. But this idea that sin uh, sin is practically non-existent anymore because it's all just about the fact that Jesus loves us. Right. We are not to judge. Uh, they make fun of the phrase, love the sinner, hate the sin. 
Well, I agree that that phrase is not in the Bible, but just like the word Trinity is not in the Bible, the concept is clearly there, mm-hmm. clearly there. And, and, and it's more clearly there in the person of Jesus Christ and in God the Father than anywhere else. He clearly hates sin. All of the things that, that Paul wrote about, hey, don't do this, don't fall into sexual sin because some of our ancestors did that and X number of thousands of them died the same day. So don't do that. What's he saying? Is he saying that God's going to kill you if you fall into sexual sin? No, he's not saying that at all. But he's saying that God never changes. And since we've been saved, since those things, as Paul said, went on to say, those things happened as examples for us, but they've served their purpose. Mm -hmm. What purpose was that? To show us God's attitude towards sin. God never changes. Sin is still sin. Uh, But God loves us. Absolutely, he loves us. And there's forgiveness. But to take this attitude that Jesus Christ doesn't care about our attitudes toward what he has called sin is is ridiculous it is unbiblical and i think that that there are a number of groups that get around that by saying biblical schmiblical we really don't know what god said just because we have decided to call this the bible uh it's it's the most disturbing trend i have seen when it comes to talking about bad theology, the, the, the most disturbing trend, it used to bug me when people would twist scriptures. Now they just say, oh, big deal if the scripture says it. You can't take everything the Bible says as authoritative. Right. When I think you can. I think yeah. you have to. And here's the catch. If you don't, where are you getting your theology? It becomes a matter of personal experience. It becomes a matter of worshiping a Jesus that you've created, that you like, but has no basis anywhere, mm-hmm. scripture, history, or anything. I mean, if, if we don't encounter the real Jesus in scripture, where are we going to encounter him? Now, I do believe the stories. You know, I, I hear these wonderful stories of Muslims encountering Jesus in dreams. And I believe those are extraordinary occurrences because the heart of these people are honestly crying out for the truth and they don't have a Bible. Okay, but we do. And mm-hmm. if we, we decide to take a low view of the word of God that he has supernaturally preserved for us, well, that's on us. Okay, we don't get to decide what Jesus looks like, what God likes. Now, flip side is, obviously, wh- wh- what's the attraction? Why are these groups springing up? Because there has been a lot of hate. There has been a lot of uh, clumsiness in how we have handled issues of sin. Uh, but that's a discussion for another day. I think it's a bad turn mm-hmm. that a lot of groups, a lot of people with good intentions uh, are, are, are taking. But that's that's my two cents. Yeah. Do you have anything you guys want to add to that? Just well, dive in. I was just saying it kind of, I got like lost in a Twitter rabbit hole a while ago. And that's what <laughs> kind of brought this up is I got found uh, a couple different people who are Christians um, one of them who's even, I'm, I don't want to name names, but a prominent Christian worship band, like kind of like an indie sort of feel, but uh, just talking about kind of got to their websites and looking at what they said and how basically kind of what you said, they just denounce the validity of the Bible. They regard Old Testament as just stories wow. and not even historical reality. Right. And I've read in this guy's um, one of this guy's interview, how he was talking about, well, one guy was like, well, how do you, like when Jesus references the Old Testament or when the apostles reference the Old Testament, what do you think there? He's like, well, he basically said, it's not word for word, but he basically said, well, I think that was just Jesus's human nature 
getting that part wow. wrong, like referencing. Wow. Yeah. And this is a Christian band? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that was just finding that stuff, reading that stuff, just because I also saw how a lot of young believers are really enticed to this idea. Well, sure. Because they can um, get the they can get all the good parts of Christianity without all, like, the, all the pleasant parts. Yeah, right. without alienating right. alienating themselves from society. That's right. Right. So, and it's just and wow, what a what a phrase you just used. I know. Alienating themselves from society. Isn't that pretty much our lot? Oh, Are yeah, we not supposed to stand out? That's, as, that's the meaning of the church. Called out once. That's right. Yeah. We're called out to be apart from that's society, right. now, living in society, but standing apart. That's right. At the same now, time. now I right. think. We know this, but just just so it's on record. Obviously, there are some people who bend over backwards to alienate themselves from everybody. Mm-hmm. That's not sh- that shouldn't be our goal. But right. just standing up for biblical truth is automatically going to alienate us enough. So, right, and that's the same. I mean, this was this was kind of popularized a few years back by a particular uh, minister, but kind of uh, doing away with the the notion of there even being a hell. Mm. Right for the same yeah. reasons, like how could how could a loving God create a place that where you go? I mean, just how could that even be? Right. You know, a God that loves the way my God, quote unquote, my God loves, wouldn't do that. Right. You know, and right. so we're right. it, people listen. are fabricating a God that fits their lifestyle, that fits their their relationships, That's their right. friendships. Yep. You know, and I don't. I mean, I'm the type of person I don't like to rock boats. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'll have a conversation with somebody if it comes to that, uh, as far as kind of not an argumentative, but kind of a tit for tat back right. and forth. Hey, what do you think? What, what I think? Um, but I don't like, I'm not big on confrontation. I don't like to rock boats, but at the same time, I think it does, it does the kingdom of God, a, 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 a large disservice when Christians take this lazy view of Christianity. Right. It's kind of like mm-hmm. God is love and that's it. There is no right. more to it than that. Right. When there is so much more to it than that. There is, sure. Um, and I think that's, I mean, I think we really need to, as we are, as leaders in the church, raising up the next generation, because you see this primarily, typically you see it in, you know, I say millennials, but that age range. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. younger kids because... Their friendships are such a huge import to them. You know, mm-hmm. as you grow older and have a family or whatever, and these different areas of life become, you have a different perspective. I think that's when people begin to kind of usually see things for what they are. Right. But when you get this large group of younger people, college age, high school, maybe to some extent, you know, upper middle school, you know, all these things come crashing in with the pop culture and your friends and what they think and really, really caring what your friends think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm only 36 and I'm to that point where unless it's a super, super close friend of mine, whose, whose opinion and wisdom I really respect, I don't care what you think of me. Right. Right. You know, I mean, granted some of the things are just going to be like, Oh man, I wish they didn't feel that Some of these young people will say that, but they don't, they don't 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 know what it's like to really feel that way. It's a huge, huge (laughs) deal. (laughs) It's a huge deal at that age range because you're, you're, um, you know, your your social status is huge. Yeah, sure you know, is. your social status is huge. Now, I don't have time for social status. Right. I mean, you know. I got three right. kids. I got three <clears throat> kids. I got mouths to right feed. You know, I yeah. mean, we're just, and, you're, and you're, your life's busy, and so you don't have time to worry about that. But when you're at school for six hours a day or sports right. or whatever, and that's kind of, you know, your life, for lack right. of a better word. That's right. Yeah, that's that status and how other people view you is huge. Mm-hmm. And so I have known kids who have changed their entire uh 
entire attitude towards church and towards the things of God simply to fit in with a group or to go along it's with a group. I've seen or, it a oh, it's, it's Yeah, dozen especially dozen in youth times. ministry, and you obviously you can answer from that as well, you know? That's right. So, uh, yeah, but... Well, and the other issue I have with this is this idea of, you know, picking and choosing bits and pieces of the Bible and questioning the validity is where you draw the line. Right. I mean, they're already saying that some of the things Jesus said are incorrect. So how right. long before you just throw out the Bible altogether? Well, that's that's the the classic slippery slope. Right, exactly. You know, once you have decided that some of Scripture is not true, then the temptation is always going to be there to declare the parts that make life, life difficult for you are the untrue ones. Hmm. Uh, there's, there's, that's something that we could do a series of podcasts oh, on. Right. There's, there's other things we probably ought to talk about before we uh, run out of time today, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, so will we... What's uh, next? We've got, uh, well, uh, General Jackson is coming that's in. Right, that's for, right. That's uh, right. Men's night. Coming but, up this coming Tuesday. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Very, very excited. excited about that. Yeah. Now, Pastor Scott, General Jackson's a friend of yours. Friend of mine. Tell, Mark, tell us a little bit about who he is. Mark Jackson and I met back in the mid-80s. Let me think. I was, uh, I was a brand new second lieutenant probably when I met Mark, and, and he, uh, if memory serves, enlisted in our unit and then much like myself, joined ROTC when he got back from basic and was commissioned two years later. So he actually served in the same guard unit for a number of years. For a while, I was an officer. He was a cadet. And then uh, by the time I left, we were both. I was a first lieutenant. He was a second lieutenant. Mark's an amazing guy, super smart, uh, always just seemed to, to know what he was about, where he was going, popular with the troops, popular with the other officers. I knew some guys that I really enjoyed. I made some wonderful friends, had some great experiences in my brief time in the Army National Guard. <clears throat> but no matter how much I liked certain guys, everybody had their friends and everybody had their enemies. Mm-hmm. I, Mark was one of those rare guys. I do not think he ever had an enemy wow. in, the, in the Guard. I mean, everybody liked him. Uh, I jokingly refer to him as a, as a golden boy. Mm-hmm. He uh, He's just, uh, just a super smart. He was effective without being Rambo gung-ho, but he was an infantry guy, and he was good at what he did, and uh, uh, and, uh, and he was a, a believer. He was a brother, and, uh, and he was a brother when I met him, and so we had that bond there. We shared uh, music, and we shared, uh, you know, some experiences as, uh, you know, young men who are right. believers serving in, uh, in the uh, guard together. Mark... Uh, Got a coveted uh, airborne slot as a cadet fr- from his uh, ROTC unit in um, at Illinois State, and later went on um, as he progressed through the ranks. He commanded a battalion. <clears throat> he went over to Iraq as a lieutenant colonel. I believe he can he can give me the details. He can give you guys the details when he's here on Tuesday. I think it was two thousand five okay. when he. Uh, was a battalion commander, and so he has served as a wartime officer. He he wears uh, the combat infantryman's badge, which is a very big deal, very big deal uh, wow. among among the infantrymen right. and among soldiers in general. And uh, he's just done he's done very very well. It's funny. I need to find the email because uh, he and I were corresponding when he was in Iraq, and I told him I had a dream of him being pinned with General Stars or with a general star, and it was just kind of a, this was just a dream. It wasn't a thus saith the Lord, and he, he responded. He kind of laughed and said, no, I don't think you're a prophet. <laughs> uh, and then here we are 12 years later, 
and he's actually uh, oh wow a, did you yeah. re- did you remind him of that I, I, well what I said when he when he announced it uh, on Facebook I just my response was simply called it so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's now good. let me ask you this being a, I'm you know I'm love and respect the military uh, appreciate the military but I'm not a military guy like right. I don't know a whole lot about it I mean when you mentioned those ranks I'm like okay where does that fall in the whole thousand yeah, list uh, yeah but what I was going to ask was him being pinned with that that now being in the national guard yeah. is that more of a rarity because is the national guard typically sent out the way that they were during in Af- Iraq and Afghanistan well it's a, you know it's a different world than it was after after 911 everything changed okay right. i mean I, I really really have a lot of respect for these kids who are joining the guard these days because even now there's just such a high probability that they'll be deployed okay when i joined yeah we were training for world war three we were going to go to the war with the russians someday but it was a peacetime army um it would have been you know it was a pretty big shift when uh, our guard unit was actually activated during the first gulf war back in desert storm oh. i was at rama by that time but they did call me to find me and uh, just in case oh really oh, wow. yeah and uh but now i mean these kids who join now a lot of them join knowing that they'll be deployed at some point. So as far as the likelihood of deployment, it's no different than joining the Navy or the Army or the Marines or anything like that? Exactly. Okay, because I always assumed the National Guard was more for home-based kind of thing, disaster relief well, there's, and support and, and protection at home. There's, there's two two things you got to remember. There, there are, there's the National Guard and there's the Reserves. Both the National Guard and the and the Army Reserve and Marine Reserve, et cetera, they have a – the. What we what you're referring to is the federal mission, which is they can be called up, activated to supplement uh, active duty troops in time of war. Right. The National Guard carries an additional state mission, which is they can be called up and activated for things like natural disasters. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So so they they're identical in terms of they can all be, you know. And I, we always sort of consider that our primary. And ninety percent of our training, if not if not more, probably ninety five percent of our training was training for active duty deployment at war. You know, right. about once a year we'd do riot control training right. and things like that. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, and the guard at this unit actually was. Uh, I don't know if Mark where Mark was at this time, uh, but they were deployed during the floods in St. Louis back mm. in uh, when oh, was that wow. early nineties, mid nineties? I don't remember. So they did uh, a lot of a lot of officers' careers were made and broken during that, uh, and I, again, yeah. I don't know where Mark was in that. Made then, and broken? What do you mean by that? Well, I mean some. I, I know a guy who was. I won't name him. Uh, another good friend whose career was uh, foundering at that point, but oh, no. he established himself as a very effective commander during the flood, and it it really gotcha. propelled him on to success. Interesting. Um, but no, the ranks, the ranks, you know, that's uh, most guys who stay in for their 20 or 22, you know, the typical career guy will retire if he doesn't make a major mistake. He'll retire as a lieutenant colonel. Um, those who uh, manage to, and you can stay on past the 20, but again, especially in the Guard, if you, you continue to stay on, you're still probably going to re- retire as a lieutenant colonel. Those full bird colonel slots uh, I have heard, I can't verify this because I just don't pay enough attention, are, are even harder to come by in the Guard than they are in active duty. No. All of my yeah. West Point friends <laughs> from back in my infantry officer basic course days, those those guys are retiring as full bird colonels, the ones who stayed in. Uh, and, of course, it was very exciting to see Mark Jackson become a full bird colonel. And I think he saw himself as being, this was a very high honor and right. what a way to go out. Yeah. Wow. And so then to see him, 
go up one more rank, you know, to the to the one star general. That's you know, there are four in the entire state of Illinois. Okay, so wow. it's a pretty pretty four rare pretty for, for generals, really for general officers. There, there wow, are, there are two two stars and uh, and uh, two one stars, if memory serves. It's yeah. either that or three one stars and a two star. The adjutant general, the 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 top guy is a two-star general in Illinois, and that's a gubernatorial appointment. Mm-hmm. It's a political post that a guy will hold for three years, and and the other general officers generally support him. And I'm talking on the Army side. Therefore, there there, I'm sure the Air Force has two or three as well. Oh, Air, okay. Air Guard. So this but. is so this each each branch of the military would have the similar. Right. Well, in Illinois, you've just got the Air National Guard and the and the Army National Guard. Oh. Okay. And the Adjutant General is over both of them, and that's been a green suit for the past several years. So mm-hmm. that's that's. A, consider that a good thing <laughs> uh, but uh yeah there are there are four general officers on the army side and that's that's uh, over roughly twelve, thirteen thousand. yeah wow troops. so wow. It's, it's that's that's rarefied air yeah, yeah. Really, it's that's the kind of thing cool. that when a star walks into the room people tense up right. especially right. especially officers i mean right. yeah, the enlisted yeah, yeah. guys they're untouchable but uh, officers say uh, it's uh it's a I don't know. Something happens to the room when uh, when a general officer that's walks cool. in. So it's exciting to have. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And, and listen, Mark would be, Mark would be a blessing if he was Colonel Jackson coming in here. If he was Captain Jackson, right? Something cool about having uh, yeah. No, a that's general come and address us. Really cool. Very excited to have him. And I don't know what he's going to talk yeah. about, but I think it'll just be interesting and encouraging. Oh, that's yeah. great. Now, had, did you have you given him kind of like, hey, here's you know what you want to talk about, or I just kind of like said whatever? Yep. No, I gave him. Uh, I think three possible. Lines of uh, you know, hey, look, tell me, tell us your testimony, or maybe spend extra time telling us, you know, what's the maybe what's the hard, what are the unique challenges of uh, holding on to your Christian integ- integrity in an environment where, frankly, that's not always the easiest right, thing to yeah. do. Oh wow! Um, and he said he had some thoughts and he would bounce them off me and kind of tell me where he's going, but he hasn't yet. So yeah, we'll see. It'll be. I trust him. He's, well, I'm yeah. very excited about that. Looking and forward can, to it. Yeah, yeah, so am I. And you still have time if uh, you're listening to this podcast. Um, anytime the weekend before men's night out, which is on September 12th, uh, coming up here pretty quick. Uh, you've still got time to register, jump on their website, livingwordfamily.org and, uh, and click the banner register and, uh, get your registration in. You can register your friends as well. Come on out. We've got plenty of room for you and we look forward to having, uh, General Mark Jackson in. That's right. uh, Let us know as soon as you decide to come because there'll be food here. Uh, it's six (laughs) bucks to cover the cost of the meal. Yeah. Six bucks, uh, which is pretty cheap for, what are we having again? Saloon Saloon beef. beef. Pastor Scott's famous saloon beef. If you haven't had it, you don't know what you're missing. uh, (laughs) That should be a a staple of every church event, I feel like. I agree. I I never get tired of it. I smell, I mean, and what's really bad is that like the whole day or two leading up to it. That's right. I have to smell it because it goes throughout the entire church. It does. It's almost like permeates. Mm. It's almost like we're shoveling it into the event systems. <laughs> oh my gosh, it smells really good. But oh, so yeah, yeah, very excited to have General Mark Jackson coming in and and again uh, jump on the website to get registered if you haven't done so already. Just six bucks per person Saturday or excuse me Tuesday night, September twelfth. Right. Um, Pastor Scott, we've also talked about a little bit um, the past couple Sundays about what it means to uh, kind of jumping onto a different topic. Sure. What it means to um, be part of the body of Christ as far as serving yeah. in various roles and various areas. And you wanted to mention something about that. Yeah, yeah. just briefly, my dad, Larry Millis, who uh, founded Living Word Fellowship, now Ooh. Living Word Family Church, actually delivered a message. He filled my pulpit as my family and I were in Branson and talked about what the Bible calls helps, what we and call the I, ministry of helps. Can yeah. I interrupt for just a quick sure. second? Speaking of that, when he spoke that Sunday, that was just 
that was fun. It yeah. was almost I've like, heard great. It was about almost it. like it's like nostalgic. It, well, it was nostalgic. It was good to see uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Larry back in the pulpit preaching. But it wasn't even just that. Just having him there. Uh, what I just was just elated about was just he seemed like he had all this pent up excitement for preaching yeah, and he let yeah. it all out that yeah. Sunday. Like wow. he was just, he was lively. He was excited. He was kind of making That's jokes. I'm like, Oh man, hear. I, you know, this is, it was just really, really That's cool to see to him hear. back in the pulpit. And uh, that was good, really good, cool. Good. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I no, no, to... no. That's great. Uh, anyway, he delivered that sermon on the, and something that had, had been stirring in his heart for a number of months. He, yeah. he, it was months ago. He approached me. Hey, one of these days, if because I've you know I've opened up the pulpit to him, he just has not been eager to. No, jump you back haven't. Into You're it. very selfish. <laughs> yes, everybody knows that you don't open up to anybody. They have to actually <laughs> send you away on vacation before anybody gets your pulpit. <laughs> I am I am I am a pulpit hog. I agree, but I have told him it's his anyway. Anytime he wants it, and I've even on um, times I've been gone offered it to him, and he's like, "Nah, I'm I'm all right." But this one was something he actually said, "Hey, next time I think I will take you up on it because I want to talk about this." It was near and dear to his heart, so he delivered a message on the ministry of helps. And there is a form; it's a, a worksheet which which lists a number of opportunities for mm-hmm. people to That's involve right. themselves in the life of the church in the ministry of helps. So, uh, for you listening who are a part of Living Word Family Church. That message is available to you for free. That CD is something all you have to do is ask for it at the bookstore. You will get a copy of it. And you can take a copy of that worksheet and fill us out. Let us know where you are interested in serving because we are interested in having you serve. Along that line, can I just mention, uh, as this new quarter is underway, I am thrilled as a pastor to report that we have every one of our teacher and helper slots filled. We had it full. That was awesome. That's a big deal. I hate that that's ever an issue. Uh, but I understand, you know, people are busy. It is a, it's a commitment. It's a tough thing to commit to. And most quarters, we are looking for subs to fill the holes that haven't been filled. And we have gone halfway through quarters before before we get them yeah. filled. Yeah. So what a blessing to have those filled before the quarter started. Uh, so thank you, church, for stepping up and filling yes. those slots. And that's exciting. Uh, even though we've got those slots full, we really could use you on the sub list for the times when right. uh, people can't make yeah. it. Because it's rare that every single teacher and helper can make it every single Sunday for every quarter because there are travel uh, things, things that come up that require people to be gone. So don't uh, don't let your guard down be yeah. a part of that yeah be ready to serve as a sub or keep in mind for next quarter if that's, that's something right. that oh, god's yeah. been putting on your heart yeah you know, be let's ready to let's, sign up for let's next get uh let's get a streak going <laughs> on right, there, yeah. all right and so, what yeah. what amazed me uh because every i mean everybody knows there's there's areas that need that need people at the church i mean right I mean, goodness, there's just all kinds oh, yeah. of areas to serve. It and takes everything. a lot to run a church. It takes a whole lot to run a church. But, you know, but it really puts it into perspective when they hand you the sheet that's like four pages. You know, it's like all these different areas to serve in, yeah. whether it's a regular area like children's ministry or whether it's a kind of a hit and miss area like preparing funeral suppers or, or, or lunches. or. Yeah, yeah. or but it's an eye opener just yeah, to see, oh, wow, somebody's got to be doing these yes, things. They don't right. do themselves. Now, this right. stuff's automatic. Right. And, yeah. man, thank God for the people that are running it because, man, I'm not. That's I'm not. Uh, making any of that stuff happen. We've just got so many good, yes. dedicated people who watch out for that mm-hmm. stuff, but yes. they all need help. We all yeah. need help. Yeah. I'm, 
Ashley and I are constantly talking about how thankful we are. We are part of such an awesome church family where yeah. everybody, oh, man. you know what I'm saying? And it's so not, a, it's not eager any, anywhere. To volunteer. Yeah. A lot of people are eager to volunteer and it's That's nowhere right. near a hundred percent. I mean, no. you're talking, people are people and we're talking about a church of 200 plus right. and growing. That's right. People, growing. you know, and some people just don't feel like they're gifted to do certain things right. or what have you. So obviously That's you're going right. to have some of that in a large group at a large setting. However, I've had conversations with people, people that I'm close with that are part of other churches and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I am so thankful for our church family, right. for our church. Yeah. Uh, and Amen. I'm I'm saying that as a staff member, but I'd also be saying that if oh, I wasn't on staff. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, there's different things to take into consideration. I've talked to staff members that are that I'm close to of other churches, and some of the issues they have to deal with with their pastor or whatever, the board or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I've never even, I've never even had to confront an issue like that because. Yeah. It's just yeah. such an awesome atmosphere right. as a staff member to be a part of, but also as a church member to be a part of. It's just Amen. such a great family of people. I so uh, anyway, if you're listening to this podcast, if you just so happen to stumble across our podcast and you don't have a church <laughs> family, you are in the uh, uh, Champaign County area. We would love to have you out at Living Word Family Church right in St. Joseph every Sunday morning yes, at 930 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 730. Uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah that's exciting. Awesome. Lots, yeah. Of, lots of spaces to serve and lots of places that need filled. So That's right. Uh I believe strongly, Pastor Scott, that there are those that are listening to this that are feeling a strong heart, a tug on their hearts to serve in some particular area. I so agree. Yeah, let's I have agree. some more of those sheets. Let's respond ready to, to that, people. Just respond to that. Hey, before we get out of here, let me just give a quick plug about what's happening here. We've got uh, this weekend as as we record this, uh, John Grunwald from Raymond yeah. Europe will be here, and I, I I think by the time this podcast is available, he will have been and gone. Uh, oh, we're going to try uh, to get it out extra early just hey, to make sure right. we So if you're listening that. to this uh, <laughs> on Friday or Saturday, uh, this uh, you do not want to miss John Grunewald. He is a blessing and a half. Very funny guy. Very, very cool guy. But wow, the places he's been and the stories he can tell. Uh, what a blessing. So be here for that or thank God that you were. And then uh, following Sunday, we will kind of be back in our series. We have finished the Old Testament in Woo-hoo! our journey through the Bible. Yes, amen. Finished Malachi a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Only took five uh, years. Right. Well, <laughs> come on now. Two years and eight months. Yeah. <laughs> and there were holidays in there, so it wasn't every single Sunday. But no, we're done. We finished the, the Old Testament. Before we get into the New Testament, I'm going to spend at least a week, probably two or three, talking about the 400 years between the Testaments, kind of lay the groundwork for... Jesus. Jesus, I don't think yeah. I can stretch that out until Christmas, so the timing's going to be a little bit off. But. <laughs> you know what? If anybody could do it, I think you would. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll be at the beginning of some yeah, gospel by the right. time Christmas yeah. rolls around. Yeah, well, go. I think my approach That's in the New verse. Testament's going to be a little bit different. I, don't oh, think, okay. I just don't think we can do it book by book and, and really cover it like it needs to be covered, so... Uh, I've got some things things cooking. There's some interested things brewing, to see but, how uh, you do that. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> so, <laughs> so am I. I'll let you know when we get started. How exactly we're going to go through that. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for joining us. I know it's a little bit longer podcast this time. Uh, this time around, had some good stuff to talk about. Yeah, we so did. we appreciate you guys for listening and sticking with us. And uh, get to work if you're listening to us on the way to work. Yeah, yeah get out of your car and actually go <laughs> to work. So uh, we appreciate you guys. Love you, and uh, we will catch you next time see on the Living Word time. Family Podcast. Bye. Bye.